Hang on, did I? Did we just hear that right? Wash one another's feet. Who's first? Who's going to be brave enough to take off their shoes and socks? Feet washing. It's not really something that we do in our culture in modern day Britain. It's my guess that most of us wash our own feet in the bath or the shower. Well, that's my hope anyway. I, you know, at least once a month, whether you need it or not, uh, we usually wash our own feet. You know, for anyone else to take interest in our feet, it's usually a practice that would happen perhaps in the chiropodist. Or if you were going on one of those sort of spa day experiences where you were being pampered, that's when you would probably allow somebody else to handle your tootsies. So why does Jesus say we should wash one another's feet? I mean, that's bizarre, isn't it? Well, really, we need to understand the context of what Jesus is saying when he talks about getting our feet scrubbed. And we're going to pick that up in John chapter 13. And uh, a very short passage, and I'll read it to you, John chapter 13. If you want to follow, you can. Uh, we're going to read it down to verse 17. It says this, John 13 from verse 1. And it's entitled, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. So if you've never heard this before, which I know some of you have, this is probably freaking you out right now it's probably a little bit weird even the thought of getting your fingers between somebody else's toes who you're not intimately related to is probably a bit weird who said that <laughs> i don't know what he said okay good i have got a bow on the towel so you can put this into practice right after the service it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel. That was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me then lord simon peter replied not just my feet but my hands and my head as well jesus answered 
A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So there is a command there, isn't there? To wash one another's feet. Out of the four Gospels, John's is the only one who doesn't go into detail about the Passover meal in the upper room. doesn't talk about the bread or the wine or Jesus breaking his body and doing it. In, it doesn't, doesn't cover that. John prefers to zoom in on this strange event that does occur in that, during that Last Supper. This is the final thing Jesus does for his disciples before he's arrested in the garden on that evening. The final act. Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to an end and that he was returning to heaven. And he knew that the cross that he would be nailed to was looming fast. And so when we think about that last evening in that upper room, I want us to look and quickly learn five things from John's account of what happened at that final meal. Five things. Verse 4 says this. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. You can just imagine it, can't you? Jesus is with his disciples are having this last supper. And Jesus begins to get undressed. It says the meal's being served. You expect when a meal is being served that everyone's beginning to get ready to eat. But Jesus suddenly gets up from the table and begins to, what we would say, is to roll up his sleeves. He begins to take off his robe and he dresses himself, what, what scholars say would be like a slave. He girds himself with a, a towel, puts a towel around his waist. No robe, no pomp or ceremony, dressed, ready to serve with a towel and a basin. Simple items that you would, have, you would expect at a, a dinner party or a, a meal uh, in that time period. But you wouldn't expect it at this moment of the meal. You would expect the towel and the basin to arrive just as you were arriving, just as you were coming into the house, you would expect somebody to be on your, their hands and knees, welcome you into the house, washing the dirt off your feet and drying them with a towel 
just as you entered the room. That's when you would expect to see those items. Not halfway or beginning of the meal. And it's my guess that Jesus, uh, sorry, it's my guess that the disciples had already encountered that. That had already happened when they came into that room. Nothing unusual. Something very normal in their experience. So when Jesus gets up and he dresses himself in this manner, what on earth is going through the disciples' minds at this point? Because they've been with him for the last three years, haven't they? And they've seen Jesus do some crazy weird things. You know, he's walked on the water. He's fed 5,000 people with just a few bits of bread and fish. He's healed the sick. He's raised the dead. And suddenly he arrives with a towel and a basin full of water. What's he going to do now? Is he going to transform that bowl into a swimming pool for us to all have a dive in? And, and magic up 12 extra towels? No. He's using this, these two items, as a way of helping them understand something. He goes from the highest place of honour at the table to kneeling at his students' feet. And he washes their feet. Like I say, they didn't need washing, they were already clean. But Jesus wants to use these items to teach them something very profound, very simple. And the first thing I want to say this morning about washing one another's feet, and we need to, know, we need to understand what it means to wash other people's feet, the basics, but also what, what, it, what it means today. And we'll come to that. But the first thing I want to say this morning is that if we're going to wash one another's feet, the first thing you have to do is leave the table. You have to get up. You have to be proactive. You have to do something. You have to leave the comfortable place. You have to leave the place where you have settled. You have to leave the place where you just take. Because that's the place of the table, isn't it? The place where you, you nourish yourself, where you feed, where you take in. But you have to leave that place to be able to serve other people. There's no point trying to stay at the table and trying to serve. You've got to get up. You've got to move. You've got to take action. And our tables in our lives can mean different things. <clears throat> Maybe the table is the procrastination in your mind. You just can't get out of that place of making decisions. And so you do nothing. Maybe the, the table is, is your home. You just stay there and do nothing. Maybe the, the table is the, is the place where you've settled in terms of work. It's, you're just going through the motions. You're just doing what you can do. And actually, it, it isn't a place that, that sparks joy or brings hope or brings change. What's the table that you need to leave to be able to serve other people? What is the equivalent of foot washing today. 
for you because it's all different for us isn't it like i said foot washing is not kind of a, a cultural thing in our in our society so what what would jesus what would jesus use as an example today about serving and loving one another in in your context in our context or maybe it is it's just spending some time with another person maybe it is getting alongside somebody and helping them overcome some obstacle in their life maybe it is just being there for somebody maybe it is pointing out some issues in somebody else's life in a loving caring way You have to leave the table if you're going to serve. Second thing I want us to think about this morning is about the, those on the receiving end of our service. Look at the story. Nobody had resisted having their feet washed by Jesus. Not until Peter comes along. Everyone else had gone along with what Jesus was doing. They quite willingly placed their feet in the bowl and allowed the saviour of the world to take hold of their feet. Not even Judas resisted. With everything that was going on inside of him, Jesus still took the traitor's feet in his hands and bathed them. Get that. However, Peter had seen what was going on and couldn't handle it. He put up a fight and he said this, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Because for Peter, this was a big deal. I think Peter had some issues with humility, with submitting. He knew who Christ was. We know that because he would call him Lord teacher master he declared didn't he his confession of christ was you are the son of the living god and no wonder he puts up a fight when he knows who jesus is he wasn't gonna let the savior of the world the high king of heaven the lord of lords the king of kings he wasn't gonna let jesus stoop low to wash his feet I think Peter still had much to learn about love and service of others. <clears throat> and Jesus replies to him, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Often we don't know, do we? We don't understand in the moment what God is doing to us, what he's doing for us. We don't understand it. It only becomes apparent later down the line. That time he takes something away from us, which we thought we were going to get. Later down the line, he brings it back. That place that he moves us from. What are you doing, God? Why are you, why are you doing this? We don't understand in the moment, but later it all becomes apparent. The people you work with, the people that you help and the support, the people that you counsel, the people that you befriend, teach, 
listen to, correct, challenge, love and serve often don't realise what you're doing for them. They don't get it. They don't understand the love and the care that you provide for them. But our hope is that later they will understand. That something will click in their mind. They would understand the things that you do for them. And why you do them. Peter would later res- would uh, understand what Jesus has done to, to, did for him. He says in 1 Peter, in his letter, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 3, and he's talking to leaders. And he says this, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, as a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. I think Peter got it. I think Peter understood when he wrote that about the example that Jesus had set him when Jesus washed his feet. Peter didn't think in that moment that he was worthy. Certainly didn't think it was right and proper that Jesus, the great high priest, would lower himself to this level of servitude towards him. This unschooled, ordinary fisherman who always put his mouth in it, his foot in his mouth. He didn't realise that Jesus loved him in this moment. Didn't fully understand how much Jesus loved him. We can understand, can't we, in hindsight, when we look at the, the scene on the beach after Jesus is resurrected, when, when Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you. See, the motivating factor here for Jesus washing the disciples' feet is love. That's the motivating factor. That he loved them and he wanted them to know that he truly loved them. And so he didn't just talk about it. He didn't just say, oh, I love you. He showed them. And he showed them by this act of taking the place of a slave, of lowering himself, of removing his high status in that moment and lowering himself to wash their feet. It was motivated by love. And they had to be willing to receive it. How willing are we at times to receive from others a loving act? An act of kindness, an act of generosity, an act of truth. True words spoken by other people, not to knock us down, but to to build us up to love us do we reject it and say oh no 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 that's not true or do we receive it with humility it takes humility to be served by others to allow somebody else to take your naked feet in their hands and to wash them you have to be willing to receive it that's a gift from god that we have to be willing 
to allow ourselves. We have to be vulnerable enough to allow somebody to do that for us. So why do we resist? Usually because of our pride. We usually say, well, I don't, I, my feet don't need washing. My feet don't smell. No problem here. We do, don't we? We do that. Well, you're not, you're not, you're not going to look at my feet. You're not going to look at my, my baggage. You're not going to look at my faults, my problems. But actually, we're here to love one another. We're here to build one another up. We're here to strengthen and encourage and serve one another. How does pride manifest itself in your life? What is it you resist from other people? No, 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 it's all it's okay here. No problem here. What is it that you resist? And how can you overcome that? How can you let people in to help you, to serve you, to care for you? Third thing uh, I want us to take from this this morning. Having finished washing their feet, Jesus gets dressed and returns to his seat. And he says this. Do you understand what I have done for you? This is one of those test questions, isn't it? It's one of those questions that's designed to open your mind. Because maybe some of them are sitting there completely baffled. I was, I've come here to have some lamb and some bitter herbs and some bread and some red wine with my friends. And then suddenly Jesus gets up, washes my feet. And then he sits back at the table and says... Do you understand what I've just done for you? And you're like, you can, you can imagine the disciples kind of scratching their heads going, huh? what's all this about? Jesus wants to open their minds. He wants to get them thinking. He uses this final opportunity, this last evening together, before Judas goes off and the rest of them scatter for their lives, he uses this final opportunity to teach and to sum up everything they've learned on the journey with him so far. Do you understand what I've done for you? And he goes on and he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And he's right. You know, if you look through the Gospels, we'll hear the disciples use these titles when they speak to Jesus very often. I've, I've listed three here. Um, but here we go. It says this, you know, in Matthew fourteen twenty-eight, when Jesus is walking on the water, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He addresses Jesus as Lord. In Luke 11, verse 1, when some of Jesus' disciples see Jesus praying, one of them says this, he says, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then John 1, 46, Nathaniel's just come from the, the fig tree. And he says this, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. So they, they, there'll be more and more and more of these where Jesus is addressed as Lord and Teacher. 
teacher and Lord. And this is the key. This is the key. Is Jesus your teacher and Lord? Often we talk about Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And that's right. He needs to be our Lord, the one who's in charge of our life. The one who has rescued us from sin and forgiven us. But is he teacher as well? Teacher and Lord. Is Jesus your instructor, educator, encourager, coach or motivator? Because if he's not, you won't do the things that he commands you to do. Because you haven't learned from the teacher of how the teacher does things. Because that's what discipleship is. Discipleship is becoming like the, the, the master. If Jesus is not your instructor or teacher, then you won't do what he asks you to do. If he's not your Lord and master, you won't submit to follow him. You won't submit to, to please him. You'll only do what you want to do. You will always to seek to please your flesh. We do. When we ignore the teachings of Jesus, when we ignore him as Lord, we go our own way. We do what we want to do. We do the things that give us joy or uh, please us. It's not about seeking after him. So how can we know him as teacher and Lord? How can we know Jesus as our Lord, our Saviour, as our teacher? Well, it's, it's encountering him, isn't it? All of us have come here this morning to meet with the living Christ. That's why we've come, isn't it? We've not come for the coffee. It's good, but it's not that good. We've come to meet with Jesus because he is our Lord and teacher. You know, we must take off our shoes in his presence and allow him to wash our feet. Isn't it amazing that when Moses comes to the burning bush, God says to him, take off your shoes for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Taking off our shoes, making ourselves vulnerable, allowing him to come close and to touch us. To touch a place that's often hidden to most people. Jesus wants to take hold of that. Why do we resist letting him in to do what's needed in our lives? Let him work on our hearts and minds. Is Jesus teacher and Lord? Do you open yourself up to be taught by him? Does he counsel you? Do you learn from his word? Are you open to what he wants to instruct you in? Or are you resistant to his calling? Fourth, we're getting there. Fourth thing I want to share this morning is about understanding. Uh, it says, 
What part of this, I've been told this one, what part of this do you not understand? This this feet washing thing. It would, it would be really easy, wouldn't it, to just write it off as a ceremonial thing. Something we just kind of, a bit like communion. You know, you know communion can easily become a, a religious practice, a ceremony that we just go we just go through the motions. But actually communion is is a is again about us meeting with Christ, about sharing in his body and blood and, and, and remembering what he's done for us. That 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 could easily become a ceremony. This too could easily just become a a wash your feet ceremony that we just go through the motions. That it could become like that. In fact, Monday Thursday is in traditional churches is the day that they that often the priests wash people's feet in the congregation. We we don't tend to do that here. We don't tend to come here on a Thursday because it's closed. But Jesus isn't talking about a, a, a kind of a a ceremony that we should repeat once a year just to remember that the fact that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Jesus wants this to be a a lifestyle, a daily habit, which isn't about foot hygiene, which is about heart hygiene. It's a practice of loving one another, of serving one one another that should be our daily practice the way that you love the members of your family they're your number one priority aren't they after god it's the loving your family we must understand that it's not just about feet if we get if if today you've got stuck on feet then you've kind of lost it You've missed. You've missed the. You've missed the point, because it's not solely about feet. All right. I didn't mean that one. I just that just came out. <laughs> it's not solely about feet. It is about love, loving service to one another. That's the part we have to understand today. And the fifth and final thing I want us to grab hold of today is that this is a visual reminder. And a challenge for us to do the same as Jesus. This is a visual reminder and challenge for us to do the same as Jesus. Everything Jesus does at that supper is a pointing forward to his final moments on the earth. And our challenge is to follow his example. You know, the fact that he gets down on his hands and knees in front of these guys that he's been with, that he's invested in for these last three years, to wash their feet before he goes to the cross. It's almost like a, it's like a, not quite a spoiler, but it's almost like a a moment where he's displaying to them, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to give everything for you. I'm going to lose everything. 
My blood will be shed for you on the cross. But I'm showing you right now through the washing of your feet how you've got to be. You've got to be humble. You've, you, you know, maybe there had been an argument in the upper room where they were, they were kind of elbowed. Who's going to be, who's going to be in charge when Jesus goes? Who's going to be, who's going to be the next, next one? Who's going to be the leader? And Jesus sort of cuts straight through that by getting down on his hands and knees. And says, this is, this is what it means to be a leader. This is what it means to love people. This is what it means to be the greatest. This is what it means to give your life for other people. So he's showing them in that moment what's coming. Because they thought he was going to he was going to crush the Romans, that he was going to rule and reign, but they hadn't got it. The kingdom of God is flipped upside down, isn't it, by a Nazarene carpenter on his hands and knees with his hands in a basin, taking hold of people's feet. It's a visual clue to his death on the cross. And it's a challenge for us to follow in his footsteps. It's, this is taking up our cross. Getting down on our knees is taking up our cross and following Jesus. Getting down on our knees with a towel is saying that the first will be last. Getting down on our knees for our brothers and sisters is what it is to be a servant. The Son of God came to serve and not be served. He came to give his life as a ransom. And this is everything that is displayed in the towel and the basin. And so while it is a weird thing that Jesus commands us to do, it's essential, essential that we do as he tells us. At the end of that passage, it says that if we do these things, we will be blessed. We'll be blessed. Often we think blessing is in the big stuff, in the, in the, in the preaching to the masses and the... And the the, doing the, the, the great stuff that everybody sees, but actually in Jesus' book, it's the small stuff. It's the small stuff. And so as we, as we come to a close this morning, I want to say that I want to say that Jesus, whilst he might be in heaven right now, he is still in the business of washing people's feet. Even today, Jesus washes people's feet. And so just as you sit there, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to put yourself in that upper room. I want you to imagine you're taking off your shoes and your socks. just allowing Jesus to come to you personally knowing 
that he knows everything about your situation. He knows the condition of your heart. He knows the struggles. He knows the doubts. He knows the unbelief. He knows the gaps. He knows the lack. Just allow him to take hold of your feet this morning and to place them gently in the warm water. Allow him to rub away the stuff that you're struggling with this morning. Allow him to love on you today. Just feel the refreshment coming over you just as you place your feet in the bowl. And as he lifts your feet out of the water and places them gently in that soft towel to dry between your toes and around your heels and over the top, just look into his eyes. Look at the smile on his face. Look at the love burning through from him into you into you just receive his love this morning as he holds your feet in his hands just remember just remember now what he's saying to you what he's doing for you knowing that the challenge is for you to go and do the same to somebody else that actually Jesus expects you to go and do the same whilst it might sound weird that we're to wash one another's feet that's what Jesus expects of you this morning whatever that looks like in your context Jesus we thank you for your word we pray this morning that Everything that we've heard, everything that we've read, every picture, every illustration, every thought that you have placed in our hearts, we would remember this week. And that we would obey what you have commanded us to do. Lord, you did say some weird and wonderful things. And I wanna, it's my prayer that today we would see people raised up to love and to serve one another. Not out of selfish gain, but because we're willing and we're motivated by love. Your love for us, but also our love for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.